term. <laughs> and, and, you know, God took them on amazing adventures. And that's what they want for us. Amen. Yeah. So Rod says good morning. And he's missing us all. And he's taking care of his parents at the moment. They're, they're elderly and they need a bit of a hand at the moment. His dad had a fall. And uh, next week he will be there and I'll go visit with him. And Keith and Pepper are kindly looking after the church for us. We have one notice at the moment. We're a bit short on people serving. We've had a few people who have been transferred out or have moved out of our church region. So if anyone would like to um, volunteer, um, see tomorrow we need people for set up for sound screens and children's church. So, um, actually, do you want to pray for the service? Uh, yeah, or you can you pray. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Let, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your love, that you love us, Lord, when um, no matter what, we can always rely on your love. There's nothing we can do to stop you from loving us. You love us more than anyone else does. And Lord, I pray today that people would um, have their ears open, that they would hear your spirit speaking to them, that they'd be able to glean what you would have for them and that they would be blessed today and challenged. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thanks, Ted. How are you? Welcome to church, everybody. How are you going? You doing all right? It's good. I know some of your faces. And some of your faces I don't know. Um, so my name's Keith, Jeanette is my older sister. <laughs> and um, as you said, Pekka and I um, are the senior pastors of Ignite Life, uh, of which you guys are part of that. Uh, I suppose I'll just give you a quick rundown. So um, those of you that don't know us, we got saved back in about 1982 in New Zealand. Um, God dramatically touched our lives. And um, when we were making the decision, we did it together to follow God. We made this decision. We said, this is going to be an all or nothing uh, faith. So we were going to give it our all. We'd just been married for about six months. Um, I had a bad drug problem. Um, and really, you know, we were damaging our lives. And then we met Christ and he absolutely transformed our lives. Our encounter with him was, uh, it wasn't theory, uh, his power changed us, and then we began this journey of faith. And as Jeanette said, the, the name Ignite Life comes from uh, that encounter with him, that when we met him, our lives were ignited with this adventure of faith. And how old am I now? A long time, so this is a long time now, and it hasn't changed. The journey of faith and that adventure has not changed. We've had trials, we've had difficulties, but the wonder and, and the adventure of serving Him is just the most amazing thing. I just want to encourage you, sometimes it's important we do go back to reminding ourselves of meeting Him. And just the wonder of it. Am I the only one that experienced that? When you met Him, what was it like? It's funny. Uh, let me have a bit of look at me watch. Um... Don't tease. Don't tease? <laughs> Don't tease. Yeah. Um, I had a dream, and it's funny, I'm just going to share that, because um, I had a dream before I came up here, and um, it was for a particular person that, that we shared it with, Pepper and I shared it with that person, but I feel like I need to say it here. So, Pepper and I got together when we were, when we were um, 18 and 17 years old. We were like... Um, very young, uh, we lived together, whatever, fell in love and made a whole lot of mistakes and we met Christ. But anyway, I had this dream that Pekka and I were young again. And um, we were on a bus traveling somewhere and um, uh, it was like this fresh newness on that first moment when we met each other. And you know, I'm not an emotional kind of uh, overly sensitive man, but my heart had this sweet, gentle, Ah, new love for this person that I met. 
And I was feeling this beautiful love and she leaned over and she leaned her head against my shoulder. And, you know, it was just all this nice feeling. And I felt in my heart when I woke a yearning for that freshness, you know, and that, that first love. And I felt God say to me, that's like the first love when you meet me. And, you know, sometimes life and its challenges and its difficulties, and, and particularly, you know, the world's going through a lot of challenges, is we can forget the wonder of that first love when we meet Jesus. I just want to encourage you, you know, maybe you need to step back a bit and have a think about that first time you met him. That song, that Peter song, I don't know why she stopped worshipping. I wanted to keep going. I reckon we shouldn't possibly keep going. I don't know, but I'm a stickler for breaking rules. Jeanette put the pulpit up here, so I'll put it down here. Yeah, put it up there. I put it up Did there. you put it up there? Okay, well, that's all right then. But anyway, I just encourage you about your first love. You know, don't let the complications of life rob you of the joy of knowing Jesus. Amen. It was the most amazing thing. Amen. It was the most amazing thing. Okay, so Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you, God, that um, it has power to transform. You know, Lord, you created the heavens and the earth because you spoke it. And Father, as we encounter your spoken word, as we um, hear it afresh this morning, Father, release power. Release that creative ability to renew, to encourage, to strengthen, uh, to put new passion uh, in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the other thing, too, I'd just like to say to you, I, I, um, I preached this message on our Wednesday, Wednesday stream, part of this message. So we stream a lot of our services still. When the COVID thing came, we went into streaming, and now we've got an online church which is quite amazing. And I encourage you, I want you to come to church on Sunday. It's important you do come. But if you want to know more about us and where we're at, you can, um, Wednesday we have about five different, six different speakers who's, who preach on a Wednesday, on our Wednesday stream. And you, can, you don't have to watch it live. You can watch it later, either on YouTube or um, Facebook. Most of our audience is a Facebook audience. Or... You can also watch the Sunday messages that are preached uh, later on if you want to hear more um, about who we are and maybe understand a bit more of the culture of Ignite. So I just encourage you about that. All good? Right. I kind of just want to connect with you a bit more. I feel like you're there and I'm here. 1.5, darling. 1.5. Yeah, right. Hold it there. Sorry. I will hold it there. Thank you. That's all right. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't quite get it right. That's all right. <laughs> Anybody got a testimony about the goodness of God? Is God really mean? And you have got nothing good to say about God. I just want to encourage you. Is it a testimony? No, not you. No, because you, you, you know, it's... Has anybody here got a testimony? You got a testimony? Did you put your hand up? No. I oh. have one. Come I on. Go on. <laughs> and um, I always, I had all these opportunities coming up all the time, like I have an interview and then nothing would happen, like the door just gets slammed shut on me. And God was just so faithful to keep me in the right place at the right time for the right job to open up. And he just, uh, it was someone that came and pursued me for the position. Yeah. It's closer to home. It's slightly more money. It's a lot less stress. <laughs> Than what I was under, so and he just knew that I needed that. And um, on top of that, I um, he uh, I've been wanting to start a business as well, and I sort of uh, got sort of put on the side for a Christian business. And I just feel like he does these little things to encourage to encourage me all the time. Like um, um, I walk, did a walk around the building, which is just around the corner here, so it's like right next to church, which is awesome. <laughs> But I, I, I walked around the building because it has to do with clothing and that, the, this business that I'm going to do. And I, I looked and I felt like he just was speaking to me again, encouraging me, saying, you know what? It's that, that dream is still happening. There was like a, a wonderful uh, ethical clothing manufacturing company right across the street from my new business. Oh, wow. So I could go over there at lunchtime. I just felt like God is just, he's, he's just so faithful. It was really hard. He held me up all that time. And 
How do you know it was God? Oh, how do I know it was God? Well, firstly, because I made sure to pray. Uh, firstly, I've always prayed. Like, I, I don't want the door to open unless it's God. Um, and every time he sort of shut it, slammed it, slammed it. <laughs> and then um, I sort of get little things. Like, I get dreams and things like that. But in this case, it ends up being, it's, it's, um, the, my manager's name is Cameron. And it was something, like, I've been praying about it. You know, and... Um, on my way home from work that day, after my interview in the morning, I was driving home and uh, all of a sudden in front of me, as I entered the highway, three interstate delivery trucks came in front of me, bright yellow, um, and they said, Cameron, interstate delivery, Cameron, and I've never seen this delivery truck before, and I was like, you know what, God, you're speaking to me through this, I know it, yeah. because I, I've never seen that truck before, yeah. and um, he just speaks in lots of different ways, and yeah, I just know it. And you know it's um, and you knew there was a transition from when you wanted a new job to when you got it, and that middle bit was a challenge. Yeah. And oh, the little bit is yeah. So so that's fantastic. Go on. Well, he is a little bit distracting me. I know what he is doing. So because he was speaking to me through that time, he just kept. Yeah. Like he, he looked at me. So. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's really really funny because God, the Scripture says God reveals Himself in creation. And he does, you know, when you look at the blue sky and you look at the stars and whatnot, and he says his nature and his character is revealed in what he's made. And even God reveals and can talk to us, even from a sign on a truck. Yeah. You know, um, God is God. But the challenge is a lot of people walk through life and they don't see God revealing himself. They walk on by. But that's why it's so important to keep that fresh relationship and it's not that you're looking for signs and omens in that sense, but God does want to speak. He's not deaf. And I suppose this morning I want to talk about the middle bit. The middle bit is when you think God's spoken to you. Do I need this? Can you hear me with, without that? Yeah. yeah. i got a big mouth. So <laughs> oh, you're recording. Oh, well, I'll keep going. Because it sounds like it's going in and out. And I do move around, which is um, a bit of a challenge. So I want to talk to you this morning about the middle bit. God speaks, God gives us promises. The Bible is full of promises. These incredible promises about his future for you, your destiny. And he will speak and he will show you things. You might have dreams that you're believing for. You might have new jobs you're looking for. You might have some kind of calling in your life or some idea with business or something like that. God gives us dreams. But there is this middle part of we, what we have to go through before that is fulfilled. The book of James is the most amazing book. I've been studying it for about a month. Um, and uh, the book of James is basically a book about faith, written by the Lord's brother. So James was the brother of Jesus. And um, James went on a journey of faith to, to, to adjust from the fact of his... Move my hand up to the middle. Move my hand up to the middle. Right. We usually have a lapel mic, but there you go, that's my excuse. Okay, so James was the Lord's brother. You imagine the transition James had to go through from his older brother, sibling rivalry, to realizing that Jesus, his brother, his older brother, was in fact the Messiah. So at some point in his life, he developed faith to realize this brother of his was just not flesh, but he was the Son of God. And James developed a faith in his in Jesus that caused him to become one of the leaders of the early church and also caused him to write this book. So this book, the background of it is James writing to the Messianic Jews, the 12, 12 tribes of Messianic believers. And um, it's written all about faith. It talks a lot about faith to do with faith going through trials, faith that is actually true faith that's not dead, you know, that has an outworking, it has evidence of it. It talks about prayer and faith. It talks about lots of things to do with faith. But this morning, I just want to focus on the first eight verses. If you did watch the stream on Wednesday night, because I heard some of you did, some of you did, this is built around that a little bit. So maybe you need to hear a bit of it twice. I don't know. So have you got a Bible? Or we're going to put the Bible up there. James chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through to 8 in the New King James Bible. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greetings he's saying g'day boys g'day mate how are you then he says this in verse 2 my brethren interesting he says my brethren he's talking to people and that word actually means brothers it means brothers or people who have come from the same womb and he's addressing and using this word brother when he's using that word you've got to think why is he using that word i love focusing on just these little unique words that word brethren and when you think about it it's people who have come from the same womb and he's thinking, talking to people who are messianic jews who have encountered and understand that jesus christ is the messiah he's talking to people who have come from the womb of faith Amen. his relationship with these people is based on the faith and belief in jesus christ Hallelujah. he's talking to people who have had, had god conceived within them the understanding of who jesus christ is mm -hmm. and see you if you are a believer this morning he is talking to you and the relationship and the commonness and the brethren aspect of it that you yourself are born in the womb of faith you are a product of your faith and your belief in god and he is your brother and he's communicating to you not from someone above but from someone who has experienced and wants to talk about this faith thing without faith the bible says it is impossible to please god without faith uh you can't expect to receive anything from God. You are saved via faith. If you are a believer, faith is an essential part of you living your destiny in God. It is a very, very important part. In the book of uh, in 1 Corinthians, it says, you know, faith, hope, faith, hope, and love. Faith is part of the three biggies. Faith is what the enemy will try to attack in your life faith is something you must treat as precious anyway we'll carry on with the verse my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing verse 3 if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. See, faith and people of faith know that God gives liberally. God's not stingy. God's not mean. God's not one that withholds. But God is a God. And faith is the belief that God is a liberal, generous giver. It's not the sermon, but you should always remember that. See, faith is built on your convictions about what is true and what is not true who gives liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind verse 7 for let that man suppose that he will receive he will not receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways there were so many truths in those eight verses god wants you to ask but you've got to ask with faith but when you don't ask with faith you can't expect to receive doubt robs you doubt steals faith doubt robs you of the blessings of god it creates double-mindedness well let's just have a look at it first of all in the first couple of verses here it says um my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials paul's teaching remember he's teaching about faith i'm uh, sorry james is teaching about faith let's go with paul with this. I don't know why. james is teaching about faith and he's trying to instill in the people who are of common faith who are born out of the same womb of faith that we are brethren this is for us this is for you if you are a person of faith and he's trying to impart knowledge about what faith is about he wants you to understand that you will go through trials if you are a christian and if you have been a christian for a while you, i can guarantee you have been through trials anybody give me a wave if you know you've been through trials since you've been a christian if you haven't you will 
And guess what? You're going to go through some more because James is saying for the journey of faith, you are going to go through trials. The word trials means difficulties, hardships, adversity. So the journey of faith, those who carry faith, need to understand that the journey of faith will include this thing called difficulties, tribulations, hardships. He says, count it all joy when you go through it. Uh, very interesting. How many people count it all joy when you've been through your trials? You know, um, how's your uh, inner person and your sense of joy? You know, I know for myself, that it is one of the biggest challenges when I'm going through a trial to maintain this thing that he's talking about joy. Now remember, he's trying to give you information about faith. And he says it's important that you maintain joy through tribulation. I used to think, uh, I used to, that used to annoy me that verse. That part about joy, because, you know, when I've been through trials, it's just, it's just so hard to be joyful. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm just going through another trial. I just got cancer. Oh, <laughs> how good is that? Or, you know, I lost my job, you know, or whatever. It's an interesting thing. He's saying, for people of faith to maintain joy through it. Is it silly? Was he asking something that seemed impossible? Was he trying to tell you something really that you can never attain as joy through trouble? You know? Or is there actually some truth to this? And the reason why he's telling you that is because it can empower you. See, the Bible and the Word of God is the truth. Amen. And when you lock on to truth and you recognize it as truth, it empowers you and it sets you free. So when you read your Bible, it is always a good thing to remember, as I read this thing, I am reading truth that has the power to set me free. So when he said that you and I will uh, should maintain joy, it's a truth that can set you free. And when you choose to not follow truth, the opposite comes into occurrence where no longer do you have that freedom that sets you free, but you come under some kind of bondage as a result of not following the Word of God. You with me? Um, it's all good, we'll get there. You're all looking like, oh, where's he going? Is he putting some hard thing on me? Was was James trying to put some hard thing on the Messianic believers or those who were of the fellow uh, belief system? Which verse did I get up to? This is just, I'm just warming up. Count it all joy. So number one. Oh, then he says this. First of all, I want you to understand, you're going to go through trials. The Bible is full of knowledge and truth that wants to set you free. Have you ever heard the um, saying, knowledge is power? Knowledge is power. Have you heard that? Yeah. What does that mean? Someone tell me, what do you think knowledge is power means? The more you know, the more power you have. Yeah. Ignorance is therefore the opposite. Knowledge is power. Ignorance therefore creates weakness or the inability to have power. So the Bible is full of knowledge. James is trying to give you knowledge, right? The more you have knowledge when it comes to your faith, the more power you're going to have because knowledge is power. Know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, well, as I've been reading the book of James, and particularly in this particular area, I've been gaining an understanding of something I didn't understand before. And it's giving me power to walk through some trials and some challenges. But when I choose to not recognize that knowledge or ignore it or uh, not follow it, it has the opposite effect which makes me ignorant and weaker. So it says this in um, Romans 8.37. You won't have this, so don't worry, it's all good. 
It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. So that scripture is telling me I'm a conqueror. It's knowledge. Paul tells me, uh, James tells me that I'm going, to go, I'm going to be going through trials and to count it all joy and that um, these things are to test my faith. Knowledge, he's given me knowledge. Knowledge is power. The scriptures and Jesus came to make you a conqueror. But how can you be a conqueror if you don't conquer something? How can you live out the scripture that says you are a conqueror unless you conquer something in your life? Now, if I said, hey, man, I'm a mountain climber, but I never climbed a mountain, that would be absolutely a load of rubbish. In fact, it would only just be theory. I wouldn't really be a mountain climber because I've never climbed a mountain. And you can't be a conqueror unless you conquer something. And you see, trials are the opportunities for you to put your faith into practice so that you can, in fact, fulfill the scripture and your destiny that you're called to conquer. Amen. Is that making sense? You're like, yeah, oh, no, I don't know. No, it's true. See, knowledge is truth. The Bible is full of truth. Truth sets you free. James is giving us knowledge so that we can live out life through our trials to become people who are conquerors. You can't conquer or be a conqueror unless you conquer something. Difficulties in your life, whatever you're facing, are designed for you to live out your faith and destiny of being a conqueror. You did not become a Christian to become a weakling. You, don't, you, you did not become a Christian to become a victim of whatever is happening in your life. It might even be, you know, someone who's close to you who creates these difficulties. But the Bible is still true that you are called to conquer whatever is going on in your world. You will face difficulty. Yeah. Ever heard of people who have had the silver spoon? Everything just goes well. You know, they, oh, you know, Christians are not people with the silver spoon. No. <laughs> you understand? You are people who are destined and called to conquer. Amen. You are not people who are meant to be wrapped up in cotton wool and never go through anything and live a life of just everything. Wow, wow, wow. Friend, you are empowered to live over and through your difficulty. You are called to be a conqueror, but you can't conquer if there's nothing to conquer. And trials are this means and way of you to live as a conqueror. The greater the trial, the greater the strength. The greater the mountain climb are those people who climb great mountains. I mean, Mount Everest is the epitome of a mountain climber. You know, and people who are mountain climbers live and dream to climb the next big mountain. I haven't met many Christians who are living it to climb the next challenge. Why? Because we're frightened and we're scared of challenges and we don't want them. But friend, you will face them. And it is way better to face them with this thing called joy than True? Yeah, true. True. I mean, I'm not there. I'm on my journey, but I'm on the journey of not running, but walking through and conquering through my faith. Amen. James is wanting that for your life. Amen. Knowledge is power. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hey, did I give that one to. I did. Oh, well done, Keith. It says, my people are destroyed, the first part of that scripture, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And then, see, Hosea is a book written around God kicking the butt of the priests. Israel was in a terrible state. The priests had not been teaching them the ways of God, and the nation had been led astray, and God is trying to correct them, and he's telling the ministers off. He's saying, you know, you have kept my people ignorant. They are destroyed because you are not giving them the knowledge to live out my life for you. See, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being my priest. This is to the priests. You know what's happened through the COVID? In Victoria, I know you people are way more spiritual here in Queensland. Oh, is that record? What's that doing? I can't help it. In Victoria, I'm on a regional thing for the ACC um, churches. You know, and um, so we help other pastors and whatever. And, and you know, um, one of the things that has been common that I've heard that there are a lot of ministers who are shocked at how their people have cowered under the COVID. A, a lot of ministers are shocked that the spirit of fear had taken control of so many of their people. Even good leaders who had, as a result of this uncertainty and the fear and all the stuff, that people were folding under the weight of fear. Because the Bible says God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I remember one guy talked to me in particular, and he was devastated. He was like, you know, and he was looking at his people, and yet the scripture tells us here that the priest was the problem because the priest wasn't giving the person the knowledge. And I said to him, I said, dude, I said, we need to question the message of faith that we're preaching because if our people aren't standing, then maybe we, the priests, are not preaching the right message. So for me today, I feel like this message is for you. Because God does not want you any longer to cower. God does not want you any longer to fear going through your difficulties. God wants you to walk through them because on the other end of difficulty is the wonder and the fulfillment of His promises. Are you make, am I making sense to you? Yeah. See, my people perish because of lack of knowledge or are destroyed. COVID, the, the worst thing about COVID was it was a spirit of fear, that there was an epidemic across the world of fear and panic. I mean, you know, to the point even here in Australia where people were so fearful they would rob the shelves of food and toilet paper. I mean, it defies logic. But car uh, uh, panic and fear cause people to do crazy, stupid things. You understand where I'm going? going? And see, I'm not here to tell you, but I'm here to try and empower you about the wonder of truth. That, friend, we will go through some more trials. Who knows how long this COVID thing's going to keep hanging around the planet? And, you know, I don't know, you know, not to be critical of the leaders, but a lot of the decisions our leaders make can still fear. Uh, in, in Victoria, I mean, there is a, such a spirit of panic. Every time they make an announcement, there's this fear that overtakes people. And they lose sight of what's right and wrong. They lose sight of fairness and love for their fellow man. And it's all for me and no one else. Because fear is the opposite of faith. And a person who is a Christian, who has knowledge, can go through difficulty with joy. The word joy there is an interesting word because the joy, the word joy there when it's translated from its original text is not the ha 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 joy. That's not what it means. You know what it means? The word joy there means to have a cheerful calmness. See, faith, when it's active, even when the promise hasn't been fulfilled, even when you're going through difficulty, creates this thing called joy, which is a fruit of the Spirit, which is a calmness and cheerfulness. That's the joy he's saying that he wants you to walk through your challenge with. Not panic, not fear, not anxiety, not, you know, forgetting everybody else and it's all out for me and nobody else. Joy. Count it all joy when you enter into diverse trials is to remain calm. Don't panic. Is panic better than calm? No. Would you rather panic and have fear and anxiety as you go through your trouble 
Would you rather have a calm cheerfulness? Obviously. And there is a way and a means to get that, friends. And the Bible is not empty promises. The Bible is the truth that sets you free. You know? Uh, for me, um, I've had moments in my life where things have gone wrong and a lot of stuff and had to face difficulty. And early on in my faith, I very easily fell into the panic aspect because I, I, I didn't maintain my faith. And I allowed whatever was going on in my will to overtake the promises of God. But on my journey, I'm getting better at it. And I understand now I will face trials. I don't know what 2021 has for you. And there is immense blessing for the believer, guaranteed. But there will also be some difficulties and some trials you're going to go through. And Paul doesn't want you to, to go like this when you go through a trial. What the heck? You know, what is this thing? Why God? Why is this going on? You're not fair. You don't love me. You're this, you're this, you're this. He wants you to remain calm and cheerful with the knowledge of, oh, well, you said it would happen. You get where I'm going? Yeah. I forgot, you guys are way smarter than Victorians. You already know this. <laughs> Man, Queensland, that's the land, that's a promised land. Count it all joy. Remain calm. Don't panic. Ever watch that thing on TV called Dad's Army? In New Zealand, we had it. If you're around my age, you, might, you don't know it, some of the younger ones? You do? Remember the guy in, uh, in the thing who was this old digger, uh, old guy who always used to say when the pressure would come and the girl crazy, don't panic, man, don't panic! And he'd be running around panicking. You know, Christianity is not the message of panic. It's the message of faith and power. Amen. It's the message that creates the opportunity for you to live the destiny of a conqueror. Amen. But Queensland is not. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Knowledge is power, my friends. The Bible and the words of Jesus are the most incredible words of knowledge. James, the brother of Jesus, realized his brother was the Messiah and answer to the world. And James learned about what faith was. Because boy, did those boys go through some trials. You know? You can't conquer. You can't be a conqueror unless you conquer something. You are destined to conquer because the Bible says it. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who makes you strong. Faith makes you strong. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. Okay, so that was the introduction. It's good. No, it's not. How, how long have we been going? How much have we got? You know what the Greek word for faith is? Because give me a wave if you're a person of faith. Tell me if you have faith. Show me, wave your hand for me. Oh, good, you guys are too. You know what? What an amazing thing does God have for your, your children? You love your kids. How much more does God love them? And how much more does God want success for your children? That's the thing about him. He wants success. I'm a dad, man. I don't want my kids to fail. You know, and I do my very best as a father to try to give my children information, even though my kids are adult now and I'm a grandparent as well. Because, man, and God even more. He hasn't left you destitute friends. He's given you the answers and the way to live the promises of abundant life. But abundant life doesn't mean to say you're not going to face some difficulty. You are not a silver spooner. You are a conqueror. I'd rather hang out with conquerors than people with silver spoons. Man, I love being with conquerors. And that's the other thing. If you're going through a difficulty, watch out who you hang out with. You know, if you hang out with other people who are going to pull you down even deeper into the hole, get away. 
Hang out with people who will instill and boil up and stir up your faith and speak life to you. That's why I love going to church. Because it is the opportunity to have my faith stirred. That's why God designed church, not to sit there and be bored and you're like, you know, what's for lunch, man? You know, I wish the preacher would shut up. Is that what you thought? Oh, my God. Nah. Sometimes I wonder, you know, Jeanette, why has why is God made you a little brother of Blinken Preacher? I don't know. <laughs> she never used to listen to me when she was old, you know, when we were kids. She told me yesterday she has to listen to me. She should, yeah. I'm glad you told me that. I can use that. That's great. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Okay, that's right. How much more time have we got? Someone tell me. Ten minutes? Five minutes? All right, because we've got to have lunch. Morning tea. Morning tea. Man, you guys, you are spoiled here. I'm not joking. I unloaded the stuff in the boot and all the goodies. You dudes are in the promised land when it comes to coming to church. We don't give people those biscuits that you guys get in your chips. Seriously. Man, this is a blessed living place, Queensland. Chips at church. <laughs> and drinks. And for free. God, we'd charge them down in Victoria, man. We get busy drinks, too, Keith. You don't count your blessings, friends, because if you come to Victoria, mate, she's mega, mega. <laughs> Sorry. Wait till Australia. I hope this doesn't. People down there will, will get in trouble. Anyway, what am I talking about? Faith. The, 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 you all gave me a wave and said you have faith. You are a person of faith. So, what does faith mean? The Greek word for faith is a deep conviction about what is true. Faith, if you are a person of faith, you carry a deep conviction about what is true. James tells us that trials will come and that they are opportunity to test your faith, your deep conviction about what is true. People of deep conviction are not people who are swayed easily. If you have a deep conviction about something, people even die for their deep convictions. Even when they're wrong convictions, if they have a deep conviction, they'll give their lives. You look at some of these Islamic guys and they'll blow other people up even because they have a deep conviction about what is true. Of old, historically, those uh, men in the book of Hebrews who were great men of faith had a deep conviction with, with, with what was true despite so many trials and challenges that went on in their lives. You see... Faith is not meant to be a surface relationship with God. Faith and true faith is a deep conviction about what is true. And when you face a difficulty, when you face a trial, your deep conviction is the means where you travel through it. That's why doubt is so dangerous. Because doubt is the eroder of your deep conviction. Doubt is what happens when you begin to step away from your deep conviction about what is, what is true. Now, um, ever heard of, um, I call it Daisy Faith. Um, you know, I can remember doing it as a kid, actually, as a teenager, with a flower. She loves me. She doesn't. She loves me. She doesn't. Remember that? Am I the only? I'm, I'm, I'm ancient, man. No, I mean, yeah. she's older. She's more ancient. But oh, I did that. Did you do it? Yeah, I did. You know, and see, if you have a faith that is daisy faith, where you, God loves me, uh, He doesn't love me, man, that ain't deep conviction. That's chance. Christianity is not about chance. Christianity is about a deep conviction about what is true. And I'm telling you what is true. The basis of Christianity is God loves me. Like these guys love their children and has a deep cry for me to succeed in my life and will not leave me destitute because he loves me. You understand? Sometimes when we face these trials, you know, we do the daisy thing and we sway and we doubt and we live in this place where there's truth and then where there's untruth. 
And the Bible says that's doubt. And it says when you doubt, let that person think they will not receive any. Don't think you're going to get from God when you're in the land of doubt, friend. Remember, this is knowledge. This is truth. So doubt is your enemy. Doubt is your enemy when you're going through your trial. Doubt is the enemy, friend. Don't let yourself fall into doubt, but maintain, live in your deep conviction of the truth of the love of God and His promises are true and will come to pass. When Jesus said in John 10, 10, the second part, He said, I came to bring you life and life in abundance. That is truth, friend. But if you don't believe it, you won't get it. I don't know how many Christians live at a level that is so far from their true destiny because they allow the enemy of doubt to rob them. Because faith is the opposite. And faith positions you to receive the wonder and the promises of God. You will go through trials. Count it all joy. Remain calm. Cheerful. I, I, grumpy people, man. Oh. Who likes grumpy people? <laughs> Oh, Queenslanders, it's full of grumpy people. Of course, I forgot. You know, I mean, we love grumpy people because we're Christians, but I can't say I enjoy being around grumpy people too much. I love being around people who are cheerful. Get on your feet off their cheerfulness. Count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith, and I'll finish with this, produces patience. Remember, this is knowledge. This is truth. This is what sets you free. So James in this eight verses is teaching on faith. Right? And he's giving you knowledge to empower you so you're not ignorant, so you don't get destroyed when you go through difficulties, so you walk through as a conqueror. And patience is an incredibly important aspect of faith. I am not a patient person. Those of us who are married men and we have wives. Patience is a huge challenge. I'm the only one. Of course, I forgot. Spiritual queen, you're amazing. You know, I'm not a patient person, but God has been teaching me patience through my going through trials. And I am learnt and I'm still learning to maintain a patience and waiting for the promise to come through. You see, patience is an incredibly important thing for faith. Because we live in an instant generation that wants instantaneous everything. On demand. And we try to apply that to our Christianity. We think everything should be instantaneous in His promises. And they can be instantaneous, for sure. But, in His great wisdom, and the incredible mind who created the universe, God tests your faith and grows your faith and gives you opportunity to conquer. And one of the tools to learn how to conquer with faith is to wait for the promise and not give up. Understand? It says this. Verse 4 of James chapter 1. But let patience have its perfect work. And then it says, this is quite crazy, man. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So it says, when you let patience have its perfect work, it's not a half thing, it's a perfect thing. So patience is a thing that completes faith. Patience is a thing that makes, if you are a person of faith and you believe God and you have a deep conviction, and when you apply the aspect of patience, what it does is it completes the package. It does the deal. It puts you in the position where you are perfect. You are perfectly positioned to then receive whatever He has for you. Amen. See, that's why He says, "Let it have its work." And it says, "When you are patiently waiting, man, you are just on the edge of something amazing happening." Because the Bible tells me in Romans eight twenty-eight, which you don't have either, it says. All things work for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. See, faith believes that whatever trial I'm going to go through, at the other side of the trial, I'm going to be a conqueror. But not only that, there's going to be some real good come out of it. See, He is an awesome Father. 
And he doesn't put you through those things, or he even doesn't put you through, he allows those things to come. To make you suffer, you don't do, he's not into your suffering. He's into your conquering and coming out the other end using your faith via patience because you're perfectly positioned to get the good. Because God is good. And every good and perfect gift comes down from my Father who is in heaven. Amen. 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 Can I have a louder amen? Amen. amen. Otherwise I'll keep shouting. I just feel, to, you know, it's funny when I came up, Jeanette, and the, I've been up here for a few days, we flew up on Thursday. Um, I've just sensed the presence of God. I've had some really cool times because Queensland's a promised land, you know, so you, God's here, man. <laughs> wow. Jesus, why can't I come to Queensland? Because I feel you. Anyway. <laughs> um, I've had a sense of people with disappointment. And that God wanted me to speak this message to you because he wants to get you out of the land of disappointment because disappointment is connected to doubt. And he wants you to slip back into the land of faith. Amen. The deep conviction land that positions you. And he wants you to apply a bit of patience for whatever is going on in your world that's caused you to be disappointed and get back into that land because he wants you to conquer. Because you are a conquer. You are destined to be a conquer. Because this stuff is true. Can you close your eyes? You know, Jesus, we are imperfect vessels. But how good is it that you are not? How good is it, Father, that every good and perfect gift comes from you and your heavenly bounty? How good is it, Lord, that you said that you came to bring life and life in abundance? How good is it, God, that you said that we can conquer no matter what? And not only can we conquer, we can maintain joy. We can be calm and restful and at peace and be happy. Because your word is powerful. I pray for the hearers that are here today and whoever listens later. God, let there come that deep sense of revelation to step back into the land of faith. Father, I bind the devil. I bind the lies of the thief. You are a thief, devil, and we bind your power. And God, we speak life. Hallelujah. And it's creative power from your word. And God, in the coming days, that people would be positioned to receive Hallelujah. the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for putting up with us. You super spiritual Queenslanders. Um, I might sneak some of your chips to take them home, so I've got to... <laughs> Now, have a great day, but here's a cool thing. or well, it might not be cool. <coughs> this is the first time we get another Sunday with you. So, you know, uh, it might be like going to the dentist, but sometimes it's good. Then yeah, Jeanette's away. So... Yeah, Jeanette's away, so I can even be worse. Because <laughs> she can't, she can't tell me off. No, I can't. So... Oh, yeah. Because she's masked. So... All right, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Keith. That was an awesome word. And you know, it's just so important that you look after your faith in your heart and also trust God. You know, he's faithful. I've found faithful. You have, and Keith has. And yes, sometimes things happen that you don't like or you'd rather not have. But I've noticed that he brings all things, you know, he does. He brings them through and he, he turns things into good for us. And he doesn't bring that bad our way. That's that's life. We live in a fallen world. But um, thanks, Keith. Thank Actually, you. Keith's really blessed me. Oh. He's come to stay and he's really blessed me. Now, he is my brother. But that aside, the best thing is that we're, we're a brother and sister right. in Christ. And that's way more powerful. Way more powerful. And so when they come, it's like brothers and sisters in Christ being able to hang out and talk about God. It's been a real blessing. So thank you very much. And it's community time. And if anyone would like prayer, Keith is available.